Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in Luke chapter 4. We're going to begin in verse 16. It's a tradition that's here gathered at the synagogue in this time of year, a book of prophecy would be read from. Jesus had carte blanche choice of whatever passage he would read from, and now in his hometown, he's chosen to read from Isaiah chapter 61. And he's not just going to get up and recite or read aloud. He's going to proclaim something about Isaiah 61. Here is Luke chapter 4, verse 16. He came up to Nazareth where he had been brought up. As usual, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now we're going to talk about Isaiah 61 and where he stopped in verse 2 in just a moment. But look at what he does next. Verse 20. He then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. He began by saying to them, Today, as you listen, this scripture has been fulfilled. The traditional posture for the reading of scripture was standing. The traditional posture for teaching was seated. And so there's this attendant who's present with him. See that in verse 20? There just to meet the simple logistics of it. And then Jesus then takes the scroll from the attendant, and then he finds this spot in it. And he reads, and then he proclaims. See, it was given to him by the attendant. And then he gives it back to the attendant, and he proclaims it fulfilled. But he didn't need to read it. It's him. He is the Word of God in the flesh. He knew this about himself. And he's just made a seemingly audacious claim, but he has made that proclamation about himself. You see, he, he did this. We believe Jesus is Lord. We believe that he alone is the way to be saved. We believe, therefore, by default, that every other world religion is false. And the exclusivity of Christianity rests upon the audacity of none other than God himself, who has the authority to make such claims, because Jesus was there when Isaiah was written. He is the word of God alive. So he's, he's kept with the emphasis throughout the Gospel of Luke about reaching out to the downtrodden. We saw this in Mary's Magnificat. We saw that in Zechariah's Benedictus, and we see it in the selection of Isaiah 61 that Jesus spoke and then proclaimed himself the fulfillment of. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Man, at this point, things were rough in Israel. They were just under the thumb of Rome, and even their own religious leaders were just piling on all of this legalism upon legalism upon legalism, and the people were heavily burdened by these, these Pharisees and these Sadducees, each of whom was eager to be published and would just expound upon some minutia of the law just to have his name in the Talmud somehow. 
And the result was that the weight on the people's shoulders began, began to just get bigger and bigger and bigger. So they're carrying this like huge weight of Roman taxation and military oppression. And they're carrying this immense weight of legalism brought upon them by their own religious leaders. And then Jesus has just come to preach good news to the poor, release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So to proclaim release to the captives, that's exactly what Jesus would do. They were captive to legalism and he would set them free. The original Jewish readers would look at this with a political lens and say, oh, he's going to oust Rome. No, in fact, Rome's going to take over Jerusalem and they're going to, they're going to destroy the temple. This is not about captivity and political oppression. This is about something far greater. Rather than merely the political interest of Israel for one season, for one time, it's for all nations and all who believe across all time. And everyone who's ever been captive to legalism is set free by Jesus. Recovery of sight to the blind. What's cool about this one is that he would literally do that. But in a more, in a, in a, in a greater sense, you know, numerically, those who couldn't yet see the truth would see the truth. So yeah, it's quite on the nose to say that the Messiah was prophesied in Isaiah 61 to allow the blind to see and that Jesus allowed the blind to see. It's quite perfect. It's true. It's accurate. But it's also deeper. I think about Nicodemus. He was one of those Pharisees. I think about Joseph of Arimathea. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. And they were some of the very people who were saddling the people with this incredible uh, uh, burden legalistically. They were the ones who were holding the people of God captive to their own, uh, their, their own tomes of invented uh, rules and regulations. They were oppressing people, but, and, and they were blind to it because they thought that they were righteous. But he has come to set the oppressed free and to give sight to the blind, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The favor of God was manifest upon them right there by their proximity to the Savior. They're looking at the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ, the son of God, the Lord's favor is upon them. But look at where Jesus stopped reading. Isaiah chapter 61. The spirit of the Lord God is on me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Sounds familiar, right? But then look at where Jesus stopped. He did not read these words. And the day of our God's vengeance to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, festive oil instead of mourning, and splendid clothes instead of despair. And they will be called righteous trees planted by the Lord to glorify him. The reason that Jesus stopped short of this line in verse 2 about the day of our God's vengeance is that he had come in the flesh to be slain. And he will return to slay. See, Revelation chapter 19. As we approach our, our study in, in, in Revelation coming up in our study plan, we're going to spend a lot of time getting ready for it. We're going to go through the book of Exodus. Much of the imagery of Exodus is drawn, uh, drawn upon in the book of Revelation. And so we, we want to use Scripture to illuminate Scripture. 
And when we get to chapter 19, whatever kind of annualist you are, right, premillennialist and amillennialist and whatever, whatever lineallist you will, if you're a preterist, if you're a mid-tribulationist, if you're whatever you are, there's no doubt, there's zero question in Revelation 19, Jesus has shown up because he bears the name the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the result is blood of his enemies that rises so high it reaches the halters of the horses, the bridles of the horses. So Jesus has come meek, mild, humble, riding on the foal of a donkey into Jerusalem as we approach the, the Passion Week at Easter time um, this year. But in his second coming, he rides in on a war horse. He rode the foal of a donkey to be slain, but he will ride a war horse in order to slay. And that will be the day of God's vengeance. It's for that reason that Jesus read up to this point and then stopped short of the vengeance of God. It was not audacity in the human sense that caused Jesus to lift up Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, which we've, we've studied and you can too. It's called a holy dissident. It was not audacity that caused Jesus to lift up this prophecy and say, this is about me. It's truth because he is the word of God alive. And he has come to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives. And so if you have been stuck in legalism and overburdened, would you find freedom in Jesus, the Messiah, the fulfillment of all of the promises that God made in the Old Testament?